Welcome back, Wisconsin high school hockey fans. It's your weekly edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm your host, Mike Hammond, along with our astute panel of Bill Berg, Bill Berg Jr., and Del Scanlon back after a one-week hiatus. Del, good to see you back. Thank you. Games of the week. Junior got the chance to watch a pretty good game, right, Lander, taking on D.C. Everest last week. Yeah. Um, the game was better than the final score would indicate. Everest uh, ended up losing that game 7-3 to three to the, the Hodags, who came in ranked number four in Division Two. Um, we knew coming in from last season that um, Joey Bellinger, uh, Lane Rozier, and Leo Loesch for the Hodags were all really, really good. And it turns out they still are. Um, Bellinger ended up with four goals in that game, two of them shorthanded. Um, and he was really the, the difference maker in that game. Um, won one after one period, then Rhinelander really turned it on. Um, won the second period, three to one, and the third period, three to one. Um, the real difference maker in this one, besides Rhinelander's overall team speed, they are a very fast team. Um, not just that top line of of uh, Bellinger and um, Loesch up front and and Rozier on the on the blue line, um, but overall they're just a, they're a very fast team. Uh, but the real difference in the game was DC Everest's mistakes. Um, they held it together in the first period, but in the beginning of the second period, um, they made a lot of very poor clearing attempts in their defensive zone and Rhinelander was just jumping all over them, whether or not that's, you know, something they're prone to, or that's just, they were, it was forced on them by Rhinelander's speed. That was really the difference in the game. Um, but it, overall it was fun to watch the, the second shorthanded goal by Bellinger was um, just awesome. It happened right in front of me. You could see it. Um, the near side face off dot in the, the, the Rhinelander zone, they were on, obviously they were on the PK. Uh, the two centers kind of tied each other up and the puck stayed on the dot for probably a good second and a half before it just barely squirted back um, behind the DC Everest center and Bellinger jumped on it before the, the pinching defenseman could get to it. And he was going one way, the defenseman was coming to the other and it was off, off to the races. Uh, he went down to the other end on a breakaway and he was so far ahead that he actually got two whacks at the rebound. Uh, before anybody caught up to him. Um, that was just a beautiful, beautiful play on his part. Heads up play, aggressive play on the penalty kill. Um, it was really, really fun to watch. Um, despite the score, seven to three, with obviously one of those was an empty netter. I thought both goalies played really well. Both both teams were good. Um, yeah, it was a fun game to watch. Unfortunately for Rhinelander, uh, their next game was against Mosini, and they did not have such a good time. Um and it looks like Mozani is, uh, we'll see it later, but Mozani has taken their place in the top six now. Uh, but my Rhinelander should get another crack at them um, in the Great Northern Conference Tournament. Uh, well, they, they hope they'll get another crack at them in the Great Northern Conference Tournament. So, yeah, it was, it was a good game overall. Um, seven to three in favor of the Hodags. Jolie Bellinger was really the story. Four goals in that game. Um, he is very, very good. And he's got another year to play. Um, you know, he had 61 points last year as a sophomore. He's sitting on 32 so far this year as a junior, uh, and he's got another year to play. So um, look forward to watching uh, Joey Bellinger some more. 
Dell, you had the chance to catch up on a girls' game. Beaver Dam taking on Viroqua. Thanks, MJ. Yeah, I made the back road trip to get to Viroqua uh, from home here, and I was a little wondering what was going to happen in this game. They actually had played a week earlier in Beaver Dam, and Viroqua had won that game seven to nothing. Uh, but in talking to Viroqua's head coach prior to the game. I found out that Beaver Dam uh, wasn't using their regular goalie in that game because she was out hurt, uh, but she was back to play in this game. And there, this game too, proved to be a very good game to watch. Uh, first period, nobody scored, but uh, the shots were 9-4 to four on uh, Viroqua's side. Uh, in the second period, Viroqua was able to actually score a game just under five minutes remaining in the period to take a one to nothing lead. And then we went on into the third period uh, with two twelve remaining in the game. There was an icing call and uh, Beaver Dam took the opportunity to call a timeout. And the big discussion was, okay, are they going to pull their goalie here now, or is it too much time left? Well, they went ahead and pulled their goalie and tried to apply the pressure there, but the uh, Blackhawks were able to uh, clear the puck, put it into the net from just over in the neutral zone to go up two to nothing and end up holding on to win the game two nothing. Uh, very good game. Roqua doubled up on shot to, to win that game with an empty net, netter two to nothing. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and give it over to Burglar for uh, some discussion on a showcase he saw. When, yeah, when he unmutes himself. Thank, yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, yeah, Bill and I went to Marathon Park on Saturday for the final round of the uh, Wausau West Warriors Showcase uh, Tournament that Friday – Last year we went, or I went on Friday, and Bill went on Saturday. Um, but the the Friday games kind of late. The, the second game didn't doesn't even didn't even start till eight thirty. Um, but in on the Friday that we didn't see, uh, well, the host Wausau West uh, was indeed a very gracious host um, to Eau Claire Memorial. Uh, Memorial beat them eight to nothing. On on Friday, and then in the nightcap, uh, it was Middleton and Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame came out of that one uh, with a six to five win, despite outshooting uh, Middleton forty nine to seventeen. Uh, Notre Dame jumped out to a three to nothing lead, but then Middleton scored four goals in the in the second period uh, to take a short lived lead. Notre Dame tied it back up at the end of the second period um, and then won it in the third period. But uh, in that game, the, the leading scorer in the state, Brady Engelks. Engelkiss. Engelkiss. Uh, he had two goals and two assists and an upper body injury. So he did not play on Saturday in the game against Wausau West, which was the consolation game in that tournament. And that, that was a game that, that we were at and, uh, Wausau West apparently had a little spring left in their legs from taking the night off on Friday. Uh, they jumped out to a three to one lead in the first period and very aggressive play by Wausau West to, to build that lead. And 
they never relinquished it. Uh, Middleton came back, um, ended up uh, five to four, Wausau West, um, uh, in that game. And um, a lot of penalties in that game. Uh, not, not, it wasn't a dirty game. There was just a lot of, yeah, tripping. Ho- tripping was the call of the day. Uh, a lot of trip, tripping and hooking and holding in that and interferences. Yeah. I mean, they were, I mean, they were for the most part, they were legitimate penalties, but they weren't the things you really had to call. They did, you know, they did. Yeah. Somebody fell down, threw somebody in the box. Did they uh, get a dosey do in there too? Step on step on somebody's stick and fall down and oh tripping. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Wausau West won that game. Um, and then in the uh championship game, it was Notre Dame and Eau Claire Memorial. And the score was 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 close. It was four to two. The shots were fairly even. Notre Dame outshot them 33 to 20. But it did not, to me, it did not seem like a close game. The the, the puck was pretty much in the Oakland Memorial end most of the day. Um they would they would get it, they would break it out, come down, get maybe a shot on goal, and then go back down there and again for you know another two or three shifts. Um but I mean, in fact, they even scored first. Uh, Eau Claire Memorial did uh, on a puck that sat uh, in the crease long enough for me to take three pictures. And I wasn't on I wasn't on rapid fire mode. I just I mean, I saw the puck. I took a picture. It was still there in the crease. So I took another picture, and I got the third picture just as the guy from uh, Eau Claire Memorial was poking it into the net. Um, it, it sat there for a long time, and. That that gave I mean there was one nothing Oakland Memorial at at the end of the first period, but you just you you just knew it wasn't going to hold up. Uh, Notre Dame scored four. Notre Dame scored four times in the second period. Um, Eau Claire got one in the middle of the third to to make it to make it seem closer than it really was. But uh, yeah, Notre Dame was there. They they were pretty much all over them uh, in that game. I even had uh, burglar and I weren't together for that game. He was up in the the booth above the benches and I was down in the corner. And after that first goal where the puck just sat in the crease, like I had to text him a sanity check, like as a goalie and a defenseman, you know, with the two positions I played in hockey, like to me, it felt like that puck was just in the crease forever. And I'm like, did it, what did it really take that long? And he's like, yeah, I took three pictures of the puck sitting there. I'm like, I have no idea how a puck sat in the crease for that long. It had to be, like three seconds, which doesn't sound like much, but for a puck to just sit alone, uncovered in the crease, three seconds is a long, long time. Uh, Eau Claire Memorial also had a, a breakaway about 45 seconds into the game that uh, the, the the goalie, um, the, the kid playing in net for Notre Dame, he turned that aside, and it looks like in the first period um, that was part of Eau Claire's game plan. Notre Dame's defenseman are incredibly aggressive in the offensive zone, holding the blue line. Um, just incredibly aggressive holding the blue line. So it looked like there was a lot of icings in the first period 
where Oakland Memorial looks like they were trying to get a flyer out behind the defenseman and hit him with a pass and they just weren't connecting and it was leading to icings. Um, unfortunately for them, that really only lasted for the first period and the second and the third period. Uh, they didn't have a whole lot of chances at that. Um, yeah. Like I said, my seven to three game was closer than the scoreboard, but as burglar said, this four to two game was not as close as the score would indicate. Um, like uh, once Notre Dame tied it up, and then just started marching through that second period, you're like, this is, they're just on a whole different level right now. That's what it sounds like, is that team is on a whole different level this year, because, uh, well, they kind of are. I mean, just seems like who's ever in the way is just going to get run over at this point with them. Like, yeah, so you know, they, Bayport, they just roll on. Bayport took them to overtime and missed winning that game by four seconds or seven seconds or whatever. 8.3. Yeah. And like that was enough to get Bayport unanimous number two in the state. Okay. And we rarely have a unanimous number two, but just taking them to overtime and then losing. All right. Every coach in the state who sends in a vote, Bayport is number two now. All right. Um, let's see here. Let me get back to where it was. Ah, there we go. Oh, oh, it's me. Okay. Radisson Madison players of the week. Congratulations on Alaska lacrosse. Noah Gillette had five goals and a six, five loss to Thomas Sparta and a game against Somerset, one goal, one assist and a five, two win over Somerset. Did I get that right? Lost to Somerset. No, they'll win to Somerset. Yes, you got that. Yeah, right. They won over Somerset. They beat. Tom, hope, they lost to Thomas Park. I hope Noah's a nice kid, because you know, I never had the talent to score five goals in a game, but to score five goals and then lose six to five, if you're not a nice kid, you got to look at your teammates and be like, "Come on, somebody <laughs> put the puck in the nest." Girls' side: Emma Clagora, Rock County Fury. Emma on Monday, Emma seven nothing went over Beaver Dam, two goals, three assists. And uh, next week, she had four assists and a 6-2 win over the Icebergs. Emma Clagora, you are the Radisson-Madison Girls Player of the Week. Noah Gillette, congratulations. You are the Radisson-Madison Boys Player of the Week. And the Radisson-Madison is the uh, headquarters for Wisconsin Prep Hockey during the state tournament, which is coming around quickly here, guys. We knew that there'd be a Clagora player of the week eventually. Yeah. One of the two gets nominated every week. Uh, like they alternate or sometimes they both get nominated. It's... They're, they're, they're both pretty talented. And uh, they both, you can tell when they're on the ice because both of them work pretty hard. Uh, but Emma looks like, you know, four assists, setting up her teammates in a 6-2 win. That works. Top sixes, Bill Jr. Everybody wants to hear me stop banging my gums here, and they want to hear more of you talking about the top six. What do you got? Well, uh, no movement in the top three for Division One. Notre Dame is still number one. Bayport's still number two, and, Un- and Chippewa Falls is still number three. Uh, University School moves up one spot to fourth. Hudson moves up one spot to fifth, and Eau Claire Memorial drops uh, one spot to sixth. Or two spots, sorry. Something they dropped, yeah, two spots to sixth, um, which 
seemed odd to me, but people vote for who they vote for. Uh, in Division Two, we have a tie atop the rankings, which is very unusual this late in the season. But St. Mary Springs and New Richmond are now tied at the top of the D2 rankings, um, splitting the first place votes evenly, taking all the first and second place votes. Amory is still third. Oregon is uh, fourth. They move up one. Mosinee was not ranked last week. They move up to fifth. And Lakeland is still sixth. Rhinelander dropped out of the top six. Uh, Girls Superior are still number one. Central Wisconsin Storm moved up one to two. Uh, Bay Area dropped one to three. And then Hayward, Madison Metro, and the Warbirds make up four, five, and six. Uh, Same as last week. I didn't think that Eau Claire Memorial would be hit for for two um for two game with the number one team in the state but hmm. that's what happened that's not usually what happens um when you lose to the number one team in the state um, in a close on the scoreboard game um but yeah they they lost and then yeah that's all i gotta say about that the boys d2 St. Mary Springs and New Richmond at tie. Those two have played this season too. Yeah, it was a four to one win for Springs. Um, but since then, um, Richmond has been pretty close to flawless. Yeah, since then, New Richmond has lost to Rochester Mayo um, in a tournament they played in Minnesota, but they beat Chippewa Falls, they beat Superior. Um, so People are expecting uh, good things out of them. Uh, New Richmond plays Amory this week. That'll be a good game. They play Eau Claire North this week. That should be a good game. And they play Hudson this weekend. So that should be a great game. If, if New Richmond wants to hang on to that co number one, uh, this is the week to do it. And you and you look at the uh, geography of it. Amory's not that far down the road, and New Richmond is even closer. I mean, uh, Hudson is even closer to New Richmond. So. You know, got some games where there could be, you know, maybe be a little bit more tired of a game. It was, it was a, a Division One team, but Springs did lose this week. They lost to uh, University School, uh, and they lost, you know, to Middleton and Chippewa Falls back in December. So um, they're not the the juggernaut Springs team uh, from, you know, two and three years ago. So there is room for New Richmond in there, even though they did play head-to-head and um, Springs did win. So, upcoming games of the week this Friday. Going to be making the trip over to Brookfield to watch Brookfield and USM get together. Haven't had a chance to see Brookfield in a while, so looking forward to that one. And on Saturday, St. Croix Valley Fusion at the Central Wisconsin Storm. Burglar and Junior are going to tag team that one, looks like. So, Saturday, St. Croix Valley. And the Central Wisconsin Storm Burglar and Junior will have that one for you. Uh, stories and pictures and all the other things you like to look at. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't, I don't think we've done the Storm this year, but we have done them quite a bit, well, quite a bit in the past because, I mean, they're the closest one uh, girls team to us. I think we did, I think we started out, we kind of missed their tournament this year at the beginning of the season. I think we did that last year. Um, even though it was in Mosinee, um, last year we did that, but we didn't. We haven't, we haven't covered them this year, so it'll be a good one to check out. Actually, uh, Bill might even uh, write up the game for Friday because he has to go to the game. 
Well, he gets to go to the game on Friday also when they take on, I think, the Western Wisconsin Storm. Stars. Because, stars because it's the the little kids are going to be showcased during that, during one of the intermissions. Yeah, I believe during the first and second intermission, uh, the 8U, all the 8U girls in the Everest Youth Hockey Association, I don't know if it extends to the other <laughs> the other the other youth hockey associations that make up the storm varsity team but you know, they'll be on the ice so i'll i'll have to be there for that does, does that mean one lorelei is going to be out there oh yeah nice i like it. so guys as we're looking forward here not next week but the following week will that be the badgerland tournament conference tournament going on they should all be soon. The Fox River Classic tournament is this week. Um, game schedule. I, I just sent an email to Coach uh, Wojnick uh, of the uh, Warbirds to ask him when the Eastern Conference Shores uh, Eastern Shores Conference tournament was uh, going on. Based on the TBDs on Springs's schedule. The Badgerland Conference Tournament will be the 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 first weekend of February, third and fourth. No, that's, oh that's yeah, right. I, yeah, because I, I see next week on Thursday, Springs plays Notre Dame, which isn't part of the uh, Badgerland Conference. So that could be an interesting game. Couple of number ones going head to head. Not something that was possible four years ago. And uh, if I remember correctly, you're talking the beginning of February. That's usually when the Groundhog Tournament is in Sun Prairie. Yep. So, I, I mean, you look at we're we're two weeks away, away right now from the conference tournaments going on. So, and that's, you know, basically two weeks before regionals start. Yeah. I believe next weekend, the 27th and 28th, will be the Great Northern Conference Tournament. But I could be wrong. Okay. Um, final thoughts before we close this show up. Uh, I got one for um, you, MJ. Um, we open it up here to about it. Go ahead. Uh, coaches or whoever's doing the game schedules, uh, when you play a conference game, it affects your league and division standings. If it's not a conference game, it only affects your league standing. If it's something that you are recording your scores on, okay. it does affect the league standings. It does. You should not be having a game that has no effect on your on the standings. Are you saying, like, for example, the Janesville Sun Prairie game at the Joe Raymond? Well, that one should have been one that that uh, affected league standings, and it was Marcus does not affect standings. So I, I actually adjusted it. Thank you. Yeah, every few years we write up a new guide to send to the coaches, but we'll have to do another one this offseason. I had thought about that, and it just slipped through the cracks of my mind. I'll try to do better next time. Well, it's it's been <laughs> a, it's not been just one game. I mean, it's and it's not just been one team. It's been scattered throughout, 
and it's been on both boys and girls side but we have a lot of new coaches yeah and, and i mean yeah. the, the word the wording isn't obvious i mean league is league means it's a wiaa sanctioned game uh division is your conference so league and division for conference games league only for non-conference games and that's not like we can't change that terminology that's just how sport engine calls it since it is a generic app that covers many sports so that's just what they call it so dell when you drive into viroqua do they have a sign that says like birthplace of butch big no they should hmm. But they did have a sign up for my parking space. Yeah, well, you sent us that <laughs> picture. Was it a mile away? No, it was right up by the building. For the uninitiated, Butch Vig, uh, kind of legendary music producer, um, produced Nevermind for Nirvana. He's also the founder uh, and drummer for the band Garbage um, from Viroqua, Wisconsin. That's all I know about Viroqua. I know even less. I've never been to Viroqua. I couldn't tell you, but all I know is what I've heard or what I've seen is they're going to give Dell the key to the city to come down and cover the girls' game. Well, actually, Viroqua, back when I was in the with the WMHL and everything, and this was in 2004, that was uh, the rink in which a former player took a puck to the chest and they ended up passing away uh, a high school player. And that's one reason uh, they really pushed at getting the AED defibrillators in a lot of the rinks around the area. Yeah. And the NHL just re-upped their, their policy on that kind of thing after I forget the, the, the bills player who had the, the cardiac issue on the field. Uh, Damon Hamlin. Yeah. Uh, the NHL just re-upped all of their cardiac procedures because um, five players I saw in the last 25 years in the NHL have had their hearts stop in the middle of a game. Who was the guy for the Dallas stars and had that happen? They got him jump started again, and he wanted to go back in the game. The the, the most recent one that I remember was uh, Jay Bowmeister of the the Blues. That was just last year, the year before. It was it was fairly recently. Oh. As far as never being to Viroqua, MJ, if it's south of Highway Ten, I don't really think it's worth going to in <laughs> Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, really, all the good stuff is north of Highway Ten. Speaking of the NHL, I saw a picture on Twitter of Cole Caulfield's socks uh, and everything. <laughs> that is picture on the socks. I did too. They're uh, they're making a big push to put Cole Caulfield in the All Star game. Yeah the the Canadians the the Montreal Canadiens fans have gotten him trending on Twitter. Um, like three, four days in a row trying to get that because the last 12 spots, I guess, are fan vote. Um, trying to get him voted into the all-star game. 
I also saw a clip uh, from earlier in the season where they were interviewing a bunch of Montreal players, you know, talking trash among the team. And they asked a bunch of players, uh, who is Marty St. Louis' favorite player? And like everybody who wasn't Cole Caulfield said Cole Caulfield. And apparently several players on the Canadians refer to Marty as Cole's dad. But you know what? It's a good fit. You think about it coach-wise. Yeah, it, well, it is. And my brother, you know, he watched, he was at a Canadians game in, in Columbus, Ohio, a couple of weeks ago. And he said, man, Caulfield doesn't play a whole lot of defense. And I'm like, he plays exactly as much defense as Martin St. Louis tells him to. You know, he's a, I really hope he gets in, especially on a fan vote. I mean, for crying out loud, they voted John Scott in that one year. Why not Cole Caulfield? He had the game-winning goal last night over the Rangers in a two-to-one game. It was a beautiful goal, too. He, the puck isn't on his stick very long at all. I mean, it gets there, and it's gone. Yeah, he's at, like, 26 now. Yeah. Um, I actually saw a tweet the other day uh, about the game against Notre Dame, and I believe, believe they mentioned that the goalie in net that night was from Wisconsin. Notre Dame? Yeah. Well, we know one of the defensemen's from Wisconsin. Now now i got to look that up. While you're looking that up, I like to remind the coaches out there about the Hobie Baker Character Award. Um, Character, excellence, love of the game, sportsmanship. These are the values that shaped the legend of Hobie Baker. The Hobie Baker Award Committee believes that adversity builds character and character builds excellence. Character makes the game better. Um, So nominate somebody from your team for the Hobie Baker Character Award coaches. Um, We've got the link right on our site. If you did, you should have already gotten something, uh, I believe, that uh, Jim Hayes sends out emails to all of the coaches um, with the nominating nomination form and that. Um, if not, you can find it on the site. Um, nominate your players, a player for the Hobie Baker Award. Um, it's easy to do. Somebody on your team deserves it. Now, there are two players um, at University of Notre Dame from Wisconsin, uh, Chase Blackman and Brady Bjork. Um, I remember Brady Bjork. Blackman was from Hudson. Uh, Bjork played his freshman year at Homestead, his junior year or sophomore year at Culver Military Academy, uh, his junior year with the Madison Capitals, and his senior year with Notre Dame Academy. So four teams in four years. Wow. He moved around a lot, and then he went to the BCHL, then the NAHL, and now he's in the NCAA. So. I remember that. The 23 year old junior, which is which is the hockey only thing in the NCAA. You don't see 23 year old junior basketball players or football players or baseball players in the NCAA, but in hockey, it's kind of common. Well, actually, well, this this year, um, because of uh, they they extended some things because of the COVID, um, you know, like the a year that wasn't takes. I mean, I've heard. 
the little bit of college football that I watched, I heard several times about a seventh. This is like the seventh year, you know, of this. You know, they they got redshirted as a as a freshman. They they missed one season because of injury. They got a bonus season because of the COVID, and now they're you know a seventh year senior. And it's like, you know, John Belushi, you know, an Animal House, you know, seven years what? of college down the drain. What? The starting quarterback for Georgia was 25 years old this year, older than three uh, NFL quarterbacks starting in the playoffs. Well, I, I remember um, Daryl Bevel. Yeah. His his senior year at Wisconsin um, was Brett Favre's first year in Green Bay. And Bevel was older. Yeah, because he had his two-year Mormon mission. Yes. Then he transferred. You know, you I know it's a little bit off the subject. You talk about uh, Badger football, how the new coach has come in and been able to get all these uh, uh, high-end, supposedly high-end recruits, according to everybody. We'd like to see it sure happen with the hockey team. <laughs> Transfer portal has been very nice to the Badger football team. And nobody has an opinion on it. Okay. No. College is hard. Sure it is. It was easy. Everybody would go there. So, anything else you guys want to cover? I think that's all. Okay. Like I say every week, we'll try to do better next week. But for Dell, the Berg family, I'm Mike Hammett. Come back next week and check us out on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. <laughs>